Welcome to Coffee and Confessions. I'm Matt Robertson, and I'm leading people's coffee confessions. Uh, today's is from Chris Hughes, who has a Folgers half calf, half decaf with Coffee Mate Cream Brulee creamer coffee. Now, Chris Hughes, that's some good coffee, but you've got a great church, and if I do say so myself, a fantastic pastor in training who may or may not, but is totally me. In any case, we'll be continuing on with the Westminster Confession of Faith. Let's get right into it. Chapter 30 of Church Censures, Paragraph 1. The Lord Jesus, as King and Head of His Church, hath therein appointed a government in the hand of church officers, distinct from the civil magistrate. Paragraph 2. To these officers the keys of the kingdom of heaven are committed, by virtue whereof they have power respectively to retain and remit sins, to shut that kingdom against the impenitent, both by the word and censures, and to open it unto penitent sinners by the ministry of the gospel and by absolution from censures as occasion shall require. Paragraph 3. Church censures are necessary for the reclaiming and gaining of offending brethren, for deterring of others from the like offenses, for purging out of that leaven which might infect the whole lump, for vindicating the honor of Christ and the holy profession of the gospel, and for preventing the wrath of God, which might justly fall upon the church, if they should suffer his covenant and the seals thereof, to be profaned by notorious and obstinate offenders. Paragraph 4. For the better attaining of these ends, the officers of the church are to proceed by admonition, suspension from the sacrament of the Lord's Supper for a season, and by excommunication from the church, according to the nature of the crime and demerit of the person. Chapter 31. Of Synods and Councils. Paragraph 1. For the better government and farther edification of the church, there ought to be such assemblies as are commonly called synods or councils. Paragraph 2. As magistrates may lawfully call a synod of ministers and other fit persons to consult and advise with about matters of religion, so if magistrates be open enemies to the church, the ministers of Christ, of themselves, by virtue of their office, or they, with other fit persons upon delegation from their churches, may meet together in such assemblies. Paragraph 3. It belongeth to synods and councils ministerially to determine controversies of faith and cases of conscience, to set down rules and directions for the better ordering of the public worship of God and government of His Church, to receive complaints in cases of maladministration, and authoritatively to determine the same, which decrees and determinations, if consonant to the Word of God, are to be received with reverence and submission, not only for their agreement with the Word, but also for the power whereby they are made, as being an ordinance of God, appointed thereunto in His Word. Paragraph 4. All synods or councils since the Apostles' times, whether general or particular, may err, and many have erred. Therefore they are not to be made the rule of faith or practice, but to be used as a help in both. Paragraph 5. Synods and councils are to handle or conclude nothing but that which is ecclesiastical, and are not to intermeddle with civil affairs, which concern the commonwealth, unless by way of humble petition in cases extraordinary, or by way of advice for satisfaction of conscience, if they be thereunto required by the civil magistrate. 
thank you for listening to Coffee and Confessions. I hope this reading of the Westminster Confession of Faith was edifying for you. If it was, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. I always welcome questions, comments, and criticisms, and you can reach me on Twitter at Audio Confession. Have a great day, brothers and sisters, and join me next time as we go through the great confessions of the faith.